Workplace Wellness Champions. Welcome to episode 11 of the Virtual Vibe Podcast, where we discuss HR strategies for a happy, healthy, and connected workforce in a work-from-home world. My name is David Howe. I'm the CEO of Bright Breaks and host of the Virtual Vibe. And today I'm really excited to chat with Lauren Ernst. And Lauren is the Communications and Employee Experience Lead currently at Halliburton Highlands Health Services. And uh, she has a history of working at tech companies before entering the healthcare space, and she's worked in events and culture there. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, David. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much. I reached out to Lauren Cold, and she was very generous in agreeing to do uh, an interview with me today. So I really appreciate that. And Lauren, I was chatting before we hit record, and I was hearing her full story. And uh, I'm excited to share that with uh, the listeners today. So Probably a good place to kick off, Lauren, is just a bit of a background on you and and what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. So just a little bit about me before we dive into all of the the exciting work stuff. My name is Lauren. Uh, Like you so eloquently said, David, I am currently running communications, both internal and external, uh, at my local hospital. Talk about feeling the impact and seeing the impact in your community. I am married to my best friend, university sweetheart. His name is Tom. He is a high school teacher teaching phys ed, geography, and history. And we have, oh my gosh, I almost called her eight. She's no longer eight. As of January 2nd, she is nine. Our daughter named Senna. Yes, named after the Formula One race car driver, Ayrton Senna. Big Formula One fans over here. So reach out if you want to talk shop. I'm here for it. But yeah, I mean, I I started my career born and raised in London, Ontario in Canada, moved to Kitchener-Waterloo to go to university, and really settled in in that community just as a little organization called BlackBerry uh, started to kick off and really jumped into the tech world headfirst, not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up or what I saw myself doing, but I just really, really focused on being curious. That's sort of been the the basis of my uh, entire career is, hey, I don't know about that yet, but I'm going to learn and figure it out. So um, yeah, did some project management at BlackBerry and then moved into a tech startup in Kitchener-Waterloo that was really focused on learning and development. It was there during my onboarding where I was sitting in a traditional classroom learning the wonderful things that the company had to offer. And I thought to myself, that's the job that I want. I know that I've been hired for this thing and I'm super stoked about it, but I want to be at the front of the room one day being the steward uh, between company and employee and showing them the ropes. And that was like my true like first light bulb moment of... I think enablement and learning and development is where I want to be. So that just kind of shot me in an amazing direction. Found myself at that organization for four years, moved into another startup uh, where I was for just over five. And like David and I spoke about earlier, I feel like I had like three careers in that five-year period that started in enablement. And then like, I'm sure so many of these listeners can relate to when you're in a startup or a scale up organization, there's just this, because there's so much work to be done. I think when folks 
survey the scene, develop a hypothesis about a particular thing that could be better, needs to be solved, needs to be built. And they put their hand up and say, hey, I'm the person that can do this. I need your buy-in. Here's the reason why. Here's how I'm going to make it better. There's opportunity. And I went from onboarding a sales team to transitioning into onboarding every single person that started at my organization because I felt deeply that we needed to be welcoming folks into an organization that was very customer-focused and making sure that everyone sort of thought like a salesperson. We all understood our value proposition. We could all cold call someone if we had to. We could all do an elevator pitch. There was just this like hunger of all of us being in it together. So onboarding every single person in my organization to really, really digging into sort of the internal communications and event space. Because at the time, again, Greenfield, there was no one that was geeking out over our employees. You know, there were perks, there were days off, there was, you know, all kinds of like catered lunches, catered breakfasts. Like it was the height of tech in mid-2000s. And I knew that there needed to be more. There needed to be more engagement and applying that enablement lens of oftentimes someone feeling engaged at work is them being enabled and feeling like they have all the tools they need to do their work really well. I also believe uh, deeply in sort of pouring into others so that they can pour into the amazing work that they do and feel like they've got a full cup to do it. So yeah, that that moment of, hey, we need some events. We need some internal comms. I want to be the girl to do it. I've been here for three years. I know the inner workings. Let me take a shot. And that ask and sort of trajectory for me has led me down this amazing path of wellness and communications and being able to connect with awesome people like you. So it's been really, really cool. That's my, in a nutshell, (laughs) how I've gotten to today. And we can dive deeper into the, you know, the bridge between tech and healthcare, because how the heck did Lauren Ernst end up in tech and in healthcare, let alone tech. But yeah, that's been sort of my journey in in my career so far. Yeah. I mean, even just on our, our pre-chat, I feel like we could we could talk all day long about this stuff. But one thing that, that stood out to me that was really, I think there's a lesson in it was, it was the values of the company. And this was, tra- you know, fast forwarding to Shopify, when you really felt empowered by the values and the value at Shopify specifically was being customer obsessed. And that led you to kind of focus in on what was an opportunity and put you on this trajectory of, you know, where you are today. But I, I think that is a valuable story. And I am also curious how that went from tech into into healthcare, because that is a big jump. And uh, I can relate to you with every year feeling probably like five years of experience at a at an earlier stage or scale-up company. And I think it's really valuable, especially early on in people's careers, because it's going to advance you. It, you know, there's some risk to it, obviously, but there's a lot of lessons jam-packed into a short amount of time. So Yeah, it's huge. And I think we oftentimes get caught in this notion or belief that once tech, always tech. Once healthcare, always healthcare. Once a teacher, always a teacher. And I think like so many aspects of our life, being able to adapt and change and have growth in your personal life where you think, hey, this has 
served me well for the past X number of years, but I'm ready for something different. And for me, as much as I love the tech space and the tech world, the pace is incredible. The people are so smart. Some of the folks that I was working with, you know, in previous companies, like I worked with someone who worked at NASA. I worked with someone who once worked at Tesla. Like it was just like, who the heck are these people and what can I learn from them? You know, but on the flip side of that coin, because every coin has two sides, it was very uh, depleting. You feel like you're running at such a fast pace. And for any of my friends out there that are in, you know, the communication space, be it internal, external, whatever it happens to be, or events, you know, they they take all of you. And as much as I absolutely adored building some of the most incredible events of my life with budgets that I could never dream of and walking into a physical space with 500 of my closest friends and look around and think, wow, like we built this together. This is so cool. It's a lot. And I wanted, you know, after all of my time in tech, there was just a lot of shakeups happening in my life personally. You know, my Hubby was a principal in a K to eight school, really missed being in a classroom and wanted to make that transition back. And we were in the thick of the pandemic. We had purchased our, what we thought was going to be our retirement destination. And during COVID, you know, we spent so much time driving up to our family cottage and we thought, well, if we're going to live here one day and that's the plan, why are we delaying living in our version of paradise? Our daughter's kind of the perfect age to pull her from one school into the next. I'm ready for something different. Let's do it. So we took the plunge and there was just so much new, so much newness in our life that, you know, when things ended with a previous company of mine, I thought, I want to get into a different industry. Like, I want to take all of the perspective and learnings and skill that I've developed in like the high paced, insanely fast working environment and apply it to my community. And signed up for a, a few recruitment websites. And when I made that decision and submitted my CV into that system, Less than 24 hours later, I was pinged with a job opportunity down the road at my local hospital for running comms. And I thought, like, how cool is that? You know? And during those conversations, the role was specifically external communications. And I did some research on the hospital, what was going on, some changes that were happening. And I thought, there is a huge need here to really focus on the employee. And like we're talking nurses and doctors and therapists, and they just give so much of themselves to their community always. And I thought, who's taking care of them? And I literally in my first interview, David, I pitched, I was bold. I pitched, thank you for this opportunity. The job description looks awesome. Here's actually what I think the job should be. What do you think? 
And in a hospital, <laughs> they have to, they deal with a board of directors. There's so many approvals that need to happen. Like it's a very different space. And the president and CEO of the hospital said, yeah, I agree with you. Leave it with me. I'm going to take this away and have a conversation with my board about it. And 48 hours later, she came back to me and said, you're right. We need someone that runs external communications with the media, but we need someone that's taking care of the hearts and minds of our people. We want you to be that person. And I've been in this role for, gosh, a nanosecond, like seven months at this point. And it is the most fulfilling, fascinating, brand, brand new industry that I have ever been a part of. And it's really cool because you walk into town and run into the people that are your audience. And it's been really bucket filling to to switch it up a little bit and try something new. Yeah. Wow. That's a very cool. I love the boldness. That's definitely one of my my values. So I appreciate that. So I have like tons of questions, but I interviewed someone not too long ago and we talked about you know, some folks that have the biggest why in their careers are doctors and nurses and folks like that, but they actually suffer from the most burnout. Is that true in your experience? And then like a secondary question to that is, what are the biggest both similarities and differences between the tech side of things and where you're at today in the hospital side of things? Oof, such a good question. Um, I'll answer the last question first. I think similarities, there are many. And I was blown away at how many similarities there are is really simple, is that people are people. Ultimately, at the end of the day, regardless of what industry you're in, if you work for a delivery company and you're you know, delivering packages to folks throughout the day, or you're working in a grocery store or a factory or a tech company or on Wall Street or in the health industry, humans are humans with families and goals and desires and simply want to come to a place at work, in their personal life, wherever it happens to be, and feel like they're making a difference, feel like they're seen and heard, and feel like their presence impacts others in a positive way. Because there's nothing worse than going to work and thinking to yourself, man, if I was here or not, no one would really notice. This project that I'm working on, I really don't see how it connects to the goals and strategy of the company I work for. Man, I've got this leader that's such a micromanager that doesn't trust me or believe in me or cultivates positivity in me in any way, shape, or form. It does not matter what industry you're in. If any of those things are true, the wheels fall off. And I think just we talked about curiosity earlier in the program around I feel like curiosity is very much a skill that folks lose over time because you become more confident and self-aware and you learn the skills needed in your role. If you're a seasoned vet that's been, you know, selling fax machines and copiers for 25 years, anytime someone has a conversation with you, you think to yourself, oh, I know exactly what you need. Like you've said six words and I know you need this, 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 and this. I'm going to hook you up with these three people. I'm going to get your name on the dotted line and I'm going to walk away. 
the best part about being new in an organization or role is that you keep asking why because you don't know. You ask more questions because you don't know the answers. That's an amazing thing that I think helps in so many industries that we lose. For me, I think the curiosity piece and just the who is pouring into the people that do the amazing work that they do. And I think especially in healthcare, especially in tech, there needs to be someone, a team, a person that shares information across the organization because I don't have time to go and look for it, celebrates people for doing amazing work because I'm not going to shout from the rooftops when I've done something cool in my job. I hope that I'm making an impact and a leader or a colleague sees it and says like, wow, dang, David, nice. That was amazing. And we can start to build a culture of just support and that care and compassion and support and enablement, feeling like you've got the tools to do your job, curiosity to dig into a problem and ask why. I mean, that sounds like a place that I want to work regardless if it's in healthcare, tech, logistics, whatever it happens to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, that in and of itself is is really gold in terms of advice because that's so true and it doesn't matter what the industry is. How do you enable that? How do you encourage that type of like I don't want to say behavior but that culture on a whether it's a daily, weekly, whatever basis? How do you kind of support that from happening? Yeah, it's top down. There is no other way of getting around it. And that's amazing. And it's a struggle all at the same time. So if you have a new initiative that you want to roll out that you know that will over time positively move the needle in your organization. So something super, super simple that I rolled out once I started at the hospital is Thankful Thursdays. There are so many people doing incredible things at the hospital that you literally saving lives that you would never know or see or hear about unless you were shoulder to shoulder with that person in the emergency department. And I wanted to establish a bit of a culture where people would see good and share that information with others. Well, if I'm not getting that sort of support and engagement and awareness of my senior leadership team, it all kind of falls flat. And the big ugly word of scalability <laughs> falls by the wayside. Scalability only comes when you've got one person that starts the thing, lights the flame, and you've got other people that put logs on that fire. Because there are times where I can't put logs on that fire. I'm really hopeful that someone walks by and goes, oh, shoot, the fire's going out. I need to do something about it. And that culture has to come from leadership. And it's not a thou shalt, hey guys, we're going to do a thankful Thursday. I need you all to get involved. No, it's I want to nominate people. Or when an email goes out to shout somebody out, my president and CEO of the hospital replies all and says something about it. That's buy-in. That helps to make that snowball get bigger and bigger and bigger. So scalability only comes when leadership is bought in, the why is strong, 
And unfortunately, sometimes you have to, you're solving for a problem. So whether it's culture isn't good, a team's not engaged, folks aren't showing up to work, turnover is high, there's got to be a catalyst of some sort that kind of sets people in motion. That buy-in is so, so key. So, I mean, anyone that's putting their hand up to say, you know, I want to be responsible for internal comms, or I want to be responsible or start a culture team on my, you know, in my organization, you need buy-in from the top down in order for that thing to roll. It is one of the biggest challenges that I hear of, at least, is actually getting that buy-in in the first place, right? So is there any, like, anything to peel back there a little further on, like, how to actually getting support on buy-in? Because to your point, it all kind of falls apart if it's not there. And it is one of the biggest challenges that, at least in our view, looking at, we work with a lot of HR leaders in wellness, we see the direct correlation between lack of buy-in from the leadership side and kind of uh, lack of success on the wellness side of things. Yeah, big time. I would say with anything, start. Because when you bring an idea to a senior leader, they love it. If it's a well-thought-out, well-planned, well-delivered pitch, they go, yeah, it sounds great. You have my buy-in, now off you go. That's a, a great start. But I think for many leaders that are very busy and in the trenches of some of the things that we're not necessarily thinking about, they're providing air cover in ways that we're not even aware of. I think what's more impactful is, hey, boss, I think we need a wellness committee on our team. I'm noticing a lack of engagement in these areas with this particular team and there's no wonder because we're not really doing anything to cultivate that. So what I've done is I've gotten a group of folks together. There's eight of us right now. I'd love to see that grow. And we've got some ideas of some initiatives, both with a budget and that are free, that we can start rolling out to our team. And here's our calendar of things that we plan on doing. Here are the people that are involved. You'll notice I've got folks that have been here for three weeks. I've got some people on our wellness committee that have been here for eight years. And I think we're a really well-rounded team and a committee that's going to really move the needle on this stuff. What do you think? Do I have your your buy-in before I hit play on this thing? And I think if you start and put something together and pitch it versus okay, now we have permission to start. Those are two very different things that will either deplete the energy of your leader where they go, okay, well, what does this mean for me? How do I help you? Is this going to cost me a lot of money? Is this going to cost me a lot of time? What does this look like? Versus, hey, it's already half-baked. Here's the idea. Do you have any suggestions, feedback, concerns? And then based on that, I can get a, a meeting on the books with this team on Monday. What do you think? It it starts the ball rolling in a way that feels more tangible. And I think using that as a technique for anything, coming with an idea rather than saying, hey, do I have your permission to come up with some ideas is a nice approach too. Yeah. So being a little bold and getting started and taking the action is really going to sh- you know, get, get some support there. What's your week's look like or your month or your day? Like walk me through a little bit of that. And I think that will lead into some other questions I have, but I think an overview of like that would be, would be helpful. Yeah. So I've got two things cooking right now, actually. So I've got my, my full-time gig at the hospital, which I 
Absolutely adore. And um, for a while now, sort of off the side of my desk, I was helping, you know, smaller organizations and individuals with their brand and communication strategy, event strategy. And just recently, I've sort of made that a more official thing. So there's the hospital by day and my own thing by night. <laughs> so feel free to check me out on, on LinkedIn. We can connect on that stuff. But my weeks, the thing I love the most, David, is how different they are from week to week. There are definitely some things that are consistent across the board. Like I said, the Thankful Thursday is one of them. I recently rolled out a Monday report communication that literally distills all the important, impactful information from across the entire org in a one-pager. And folks are now banging down my door to share information about their team or a project or deliverable that they want included in that report. So that's the snowball effect that we were talking about earlier. Like, start a thing. And for the first few weeks, it was literally my hospital president and CEO and I in a room being like, okay, girl, like what, what things are top of mind for you? Here's some things that are top of mind for me. I'll take it away, write the report and we'll publish it. And now it's snowballed into people wanting to get involved. So there's prep for that. Thankful Thursdays. Like I said, I'm also responsible for um, public communications. So I've developed some great relationships with uh, local papers and radio, like I'm kicking it old school and <laughs> I'm able to interact with editors and reporters, which is super cool, which I, I haven't done in a long, long time, writing press releases. So if there's, you know, an outbreak in a long-term care facility, we're writing, you know, press releases to let the community know. There's a lot of community engagement uh, so I'm hosting town halls where my CEO can get up in front of a room of community members and share things that are happening uh, within our organization. This is something I did not know, but there are so many committees within a hospital. So whether it's accreditation, accessibility, community advisories, like all of these groups of folks connect, you know, for eight times a year just to talk about ways that you can improve a hospital. So involved in that too. And then really focused on ways that we're pouring into our people. So right now, I guess it was probably five years ago, the hospital did uh, service awards. So recognizing nurses, doctors, admin staff when they've hit you know a five-year, 10-year, 15-year moment at the hospital. So bringing like a full-blown award ceremony back. So we're in the midst of planning that for, for next week. And yeah, keeping up with social media and sharing with the community some good stuff that's going on behind the scenes with our you know community services programs like Meals on Wheels or fitness classes for older folks in the community, like just awesome, awesome stuff. So that's sort of the the day-to-day -day with the hospital. And for my own thing, it's been really cool to get to know individuals and companies and really dig into, like we were talking about before, their why. Why are you doing what you're doing? So I understand that a social media presence feels like the end-all be-all, but why to you? Why is that important? 
as a brand, how do you want to show up? What do you want your voice to be? How often, what's the cadence of posts and information that you want to share with folks? And oh, by the way, you have an organization. Are you taking care of your people? How are you taking care of your people? What can I do to support you in that? So there's a lot of stuff going on, but the thing that's so cool is that it's all pinned to what's important to me around curiosity around seeing people for who they are and what they need in order to do their jobs well, using that enablement lens to help them do their jobs well, like where are my resources, what can I do to accomplish X, Y, and Z, and also just like shouting their greatness from the rooftops, whether they like it or not, because there's a lot of healthcare professionals that are not interested in someone knowing what they've done in a positive way. So finding ways that we can shout those people out in a way that they're comfortable, but that people also know that they're making a difference. So week by week, it's definitely a different a different thing, but that's what I love about it. And now knowing that my work directly impacts my community feels really, really good too. Yeah, it feels like you've kind of found your your zone of genius in a way. And and it reminds me of a, of a Steve Jobs quote, which is your story hearing it is, you can't look forward and see how the dots are going to connect. But when you look back, and I'm sure in your state, you could look back and see each of those dots and how they connect into where you are today, which is pretty cool. And in terms of like, just generally developing your career, I think you're a really good example of having these different experiences and, and optimizing for different experiences and taking some risks and being bold that have led you to where you are actually in a spot that kind of matches your skill set, personality, everything really, really well. So just to get like a little, a little tactical on, so something like the thankful Thursdays sounds like an awesome idea instantly. And I know the point of this isn't to just to take the tactic and implement it. It sounds like an amazing idea, but how do you look at that and say, Hey, this is working or this is not, or how do we tweak it? Like, what is the, the way that you're measuring the effectiveness of something like the thankful Thursdays? Yeah, for me, I mean, in so many communications, events, um, employee engagement, culture initiatives, measurement is a tricky one. For me, engagement is big. Who is reaching out to me is big. What types of roles and individuals and teams are coming to me since establishing something as simple as a thankful Thursday? And I find at this point, I've collected so many names and photos of folks that I recognize, hey, this has got legs. Like people are are interested in this and clearly hungry for this, which is great. If it was radio silence or I was constantly reaching out to people to say like, hey, any nominations? That would be my sign of, okay, we need to tweak not only the process in which folks can nominate, but perhaps this is something that isn't landing at all. So for me, it's it's the engagement and folks reaching out to me in order to nominate. And yeah, I mean, to your earlier point, it's not about just like, oh, that sounds good. I'm going to hit play on that in my organization. It could be something as simple as during a team meeting, like leaving the last five or 10 minutes to have a roundtable discussion around like, talk to me about someone on this team that's positively impacted you or helped you this week. 
and really just taking the time to have some gratitude and to recognize each other. And it doesn't necessarily need to be we're posting about this particular person on our LinkedIn page or on all our social media platforms. It it could if you've got someone who is comfortable with that, but recognizing that some folks aren't, maybe taking it to a team meeting is something a little bit more digestible. And for someone who's humble and a little uncomfortable with being shouted from the rooftops publicly, maybe you just include their name, not a photo, and like just being open and flexible to someone's involvement. Yeah, I'm happy to be featured, but can we not post my picture? I'm not hard in the paint on, well, no, a thankful Thursday is a picture and a write-up. Like it's all or nothing. It's a, no, I, I get that. I 100% understand. Would you be okay with this? Or do you want to be featured internally only? So I think being, again, curious and flexible on the ways that you're rolling these things out because it's such a personal thing. You know, how we recognize people, how we communicate with people. We know this just from our our personal relationships. You know, you're a, a different version of you with your significant other versus your best friend versus an acquaintance. There are different volumes. And I think we need to be mindful of that too in our work environment. You're saying it's hard to measure some of these things, but it's almost the inverse. If it feels like it's a forceful thing and that's the feeling that you're getting, that's actually more effective feedback than if it's, whether it's engagement or all these different things. If it, if it feels forced and you're constantly knocking on doors to try to get things done, that's probably a good sign that it needs to be tweaked or maybe maybe not something that you do. And then I was going to ask you about, about the, you know, it seems like a lot of your, we could theme it a little bit to say like your job or your kind of responsibility is making sure cups are full, right? And you've said that a few times. What advice do you have to whether it's an HR leader or someone in a similar role to you or a leader in general to, I guess, achieve that? Like what is the best kind of listicle of the top three things that, hey, I'm trying to fill the cup of my team or what can I do to get started and what can I do to make that make that more of a priority? Yeah. If it's something that that isn't currently a priority, I think having a very open and transparent conversation with your team is valuable. Before hitting play on some of the initiatives that I've rolled out in the past, they all start with a really honest conversation with a leader, with a team lead, with ahead of HR around what are you looking to achieve? Like, is there a problem we're looking to solve? Do you just feel like things could be better? And if so, according to who? Again, like there comes back the curiosity, right? Like ask why, ask why again, ask why again. I think for anyone starting out, hey, I've never thought about culture. I've never thought about engagement in this way. Again, using some time in a team meeting. If you don't have team meetings, start them. If you do have a team meeting, dedicate some time at the beginning or in the middle of that team meeting. Prioritize it to really get curious with your team around what they need and what's working and what's not. And then from there, you can be honest about, you know, this is the hypotheses I have based on the information that I've been given. Is that accurate? Can I act on this? And we'll see how it goes. We'll let it ride for six months or three months or a quarter, and then we'll come back and see how it went. I think if you 
open up the door, the expectation isn't for you to have all of the answers. And I think that that's where the pressure is real, especially as an HR professional or a communications professional, is this expectation of needing to have all of the answers when although there are similarities in teams and people and industries, there are also a lot of differences. So just having the conversation, I think, is key. Hey, this is what I'm noticing. Hey, this is what I'd love to do to help it. What do you think? And getting people on board to help you that way. I think there's something really valuable about having a group of folks that feel a similar way around culture and engagement and getting those people together, whether it's a coffee chat in the morning, whether it's something that you actually carve out in a calendar, finding ways that you can have folks that care deeply about a community and the health and well-being of an organization together in one virtual room or physical room, I think is really important too. With anything, just the ability to bounce ideas off of each other, I think is very, very valuable. And then try things on for size. You know, just because you've rolled something out doesn't mean that it needs to last a lifetime. You can do something for a while. And if it works, amazing. If it doesn't, try tweaking it once or twice. And then recognize that if it's not fulfilling and it feels like a really heavy, onerous lift, that maybe it's time to revisit and think of something different. All of which is not a reflection of the individual. If Thankful Thursdays, for a a very easy example, falls flat, recognizing that that's not necessarily Lauren Ernst's failure, it's a hey, maybe the company or organization needs something different from me right now, and that's okay. But being curious and brave enough to suggest something and being mindful enough to recognize when it is working and how you feel that fire and how it isn't working and when perhaps a different change is appropriate. Well said. Yeah, I I wrote down kind of the three themes here. It's be bold, be curious and just get started and take some action and uh, learn from that. So Lauren, I feel like we could chat all day, but I only have you for the hour. So I really appreciate you taking this time. You mentioned, you know, folks want to find you is LinkedIn is LinkedIn the best LinkedIn is a fabulous spot. So you can find me uh, under my name, Lauren Ernst on LinkedIn, and also under my organization's name called Keylock, exactly how it sounds, K-E-Y-L-O-C-K. So find me there. Lots of um, video content and conversations about things very similar to what we've been talking about today. So I'd love to continue the conversation there as well. And this has been so fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about, you know, how these types of conversations really inspire people. Amazing. Well, I appreciate you taking this time. I recommend definitely give Lauren a, a follow and check out that content. Um, So Lauren, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening in. We'll see you next week on The Virtual Vibe. Take care.